Welcome to the inaugural episode of Garage Talk. I'm your host, Josh Lill, alongside Mark Fisher, Brennan Merkel, and Braden Robinson. Today, it is a solo episode of the Super Bowl. We are going to dive in deep to both teams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to get the ins and outs of what makes each team so successful on the offensive side and on the defensive side, and what experience brings on both sides and how the tables could turn at any moment in this game. So, let's get started. We'll start with the favorites here, okay? Obviously, I think even though Tom Brady's on the sidelines for the Buccaneers and he'll be on the field for offense, I think Kansas City is still the favorites. They went 14-2 and in the regular season. They scored 473 points, which led their division and was sixth in the league. Guys, what does that stat tell us about, you know, over 16 games they were a top team in the league in scoring? What does that tell us? Uh, well, with the Bucks being... Low-tier defense, I think they're going to run it up. I think that the Bucks don't have enough matchups at corner to line up with Kelsey, to line up with Hill, to line up with Hardman even, because that speed is just way too dangerous, and I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Yeah, and I, I think Tampa Bay's defense isn't bad by any means, but they... I definitely agree with you, Mark, on the fact that they don't have the firepower to probably keep up with the Chiefs' offense. But, I mean, I don't think anybody in the league really does. So yeah, that, no. that shows you why, you know, the Chiefs were 14-2, and two, one of those losses being a Week 17 one <laughs> with all their starters out. So, I mean, I, I think that it will definitely be a testament to this defense. Yeah, I feel like the the Chiefs just came right into the season ready to go back to back, and that's what they're trying to do here. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, Kansas City's superpower, I guess you could say, is their offense. That is for sure. Now, their defense, okay? 362 points allowed this past season, which also led the division. Let's just put it this way. Kansas City is the best in their division. They led it in basically everything when it came to categories. Um, They're tied in the league at, at the ninth spot, four allowing points. Point differential was 111. It's not a bad defensive stat. Obviously, it's top 10 in the league. It's not something to mess with. But is it enough to you know hold Tom Brady to... Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to look at when you bring up their division. Um, it's not a top-tier division. I know... Uh, we have maybe some some Broncos fans maybe out there, but uh, let's chill. With, let's chill with the, let's I'm chill. not trying to slander them too hard. They're almost there, but they aren't on the same level as the Chiefs, obviously. And then you have um, the Raiders, who fair they beat. They actually did beat the Chiefs. They're the only team to beat them this year, other other than the Chargers. So I mean, they're they've kind of got a little bit uh, lackluster division. So it kind of doesn't surprise me that they were running up a few scores. And that point differential is, you know, so much higher than probably the rest of the league is. But it still is, you know, that offense can probably do that against anyone. Yeah, that, that point differential is a top six in the league. The Bucks, I, I will say this, after going through the stats and looking up a lot of information, you're going to see a lot of top six categories for the Bucks and the Chiefs. Um, when it comes to offense, you're going to see probably closer to top four, mainly for the Chiefs. Bucks will fluctuate between one and six, but as defense goes, it's still gonna be you know top ten either way. So let's get it. Let's you know dive deep into this offense here. Let's really look at what Kansas City brings on the field when it's Kelsey, Mahomes, Hill, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Regular season, they were th- they were getting about 416 yards a game. First, they were throwing about 303 yards a game. First. Um, 112 yards per game. That's 16th in the league. That's that's the middle of the the very middle of the pack right there for rushing. Yes, for rushing. Not the most reliable. They don't. It's not. I'm not saying it's not the most reliable, but it's not. You don't need to depend on them because yeah, you have dragging them down. Give the baby goat possibly coming up here, and obviously, I mean, first in receiving yards, future Hall of Fame tight end, and possibly the fastest land man land mammal on the planet. <laughs> I look at those yards. I, I, I sorry. I look at those stats. Okay, mm-hmm. you see, 
the consistency, the level of consistency is elite in that case. Um, everyone always wonders, is it Patrick Mahomes? Is, is he really that good and he makes Hill and Kelsey better? Or is it Kelsey and Hill that make Mahomes better? Because there's always those debates, especially on ESPN. You take a guy like Rodgers and put them together. Are Kelsey and Hill not as effective? Is Rodgers better? So I'm going to ask you guys this. After looking at these stats, seeing that they're very consistent in the regular season, is Mahomes making Kelsey and Hill better? Is Kelsey and Hill making Mahomes better? Braden? I think they all kind of make each other well-rounded. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got Kelsey at the, the tight end. Um, I heard him in a different podcast. That said, he said Mahomes is just insane the way he plays the game. And then you got Hill, the fastest guy in the NFL right now, <laughs> that just goes crazy when Mahomes feeding in the ball. Last, oh, God. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, last time that the Chiefs played the Bucks, I think Tyreek Hill had, like, 200 receiving yards in the first quarter. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. to go it wasn't off much of, after, though. No, that's true. But, I mean, I think... Uh, but what could have been? The end of that game, the score, I think uh, the Chiefs ended up winning, right? So By three. By three. Wow. So... That it shows you that this game could really be just so close. It probably will. Um, wow, I didn't even. That's crazy. Yeah. Two hundred yards in the first quarter. And, yeah. But you would think that was a blowout. But anyway, so to go back to your question, I think that you know Mahomes is like a franchise Madden created player. Like he literally almost seems like he has like ninety nine sliders on everything. Um, it's not fair. But at the same time, you're right. Like. If you threw in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on any other offense, I think the quarterback would look good as well. Mm -hmm. So there's no denying that both are probably benefiting, like you said, Braden, well, each other. When you look at the game that Chad Henney came in, when Mahomes was not on this planet mm -hmm. anymore, <laughs> they yeah. did not do much. So I think yeah. with all the talent that they have, I do think it's Mahomes that is the glue of that offense. I agree. With his decision-making, his awareness, and his arm talent, it fits well with all of the players that they have on that offense. I and agree. I think without Mahomes, and they if they had the same offense without Mahomes, uh -huh. I don't think they'd be anywhere near where they are right now. So, so for the Buccaneers defense, do they try to blitz Mahomes and try to come after him and see if that injury flares back up, get him out of there? I think they will. Yeah. And I think the Bucs defense is kind of known for that. Um, uh, Todd Bowles, he runs a very aggressive defense. You know, when they, when they played, like, the Packers, for instance, in the regular season, the only, um, the only team to, like, beat them by, what, like, double-digit points, I think, um, they were just heavy blitzing Rodgers and just constantly. They kind of like, they might start off slow against the Chiefs, see what they're running. Um, but, you know, I think the defense is very capable of, you know, getting to that injury. And they'll probably have to play that to their benefit for sure. Yeah, with Jason Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett both on the edge. And then Vita Vea's back. Vita Vea coming up the middle. Linebacker core is incredible. also injury wise. Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jordan Whitehead are both green light for the Super Bowl. I oh, think. wow. That's big. So that is – they didn't have Antoine against um, the Packers, but forced a lot of – or two, I think, turnovers against um, the Saints. The Saints, yeah. He was and all then, over the place. And then Sean Murphy bunting with an interception – in every playoff game this year. Really? Mm -hmm. um, I think the Bucks are going to pull out the plan that they had in the second half against the Chiefs the first time they played. I agree. And they're going to start the game with it, and it'll be a matter of can the Chiefs adapt to that. The, the only thing about that is I think we saw it two weeks ago how the Chiefs were able to adapt with Mahomes being banged up. Like, yep. he didn't get touched at all that game. He was getting the ball out quick. He wasn't taking his usual, like, 10 steps backwards, like, dropbacks. He was getting the ball out fast, and he only threw, like, one pass that was over, like, 20 yards, which is just not like him at all. So I think it goes to prove, like, the Chiefs' staff is just 
elite along with Mahomes. You combine those two, they can probably adapt to almost anything. So the fact that it's scary. Their OC didn't get a coaching job baffles me. I think there's still time. He might wait until the season's over, but it is. I don't is, think anyone has a spot left. No to one fill. has a spot left. I think all six got filled. Damn, that is insane. So all those things obviously play a huge part in this game. And some more stats. I'm going to kind of be like the stats guy today, folks, also chiming in on my opinions. So now we go into the offensive highlights for the Chiefs in the postseason, okay? They improved on everything, okay? Compared to last season? No, from the regular season. Oh, gotcha. They jumped up from 415 to 438 on yards per game, third in the playoffs. They went from 303 to 320 passing yards per game in the playoffs, second. They went from 112 to 119 rush yards per game in the playoffs, so now they're seventh. And then 323 receiving yards coming from 312. That's second in the postseason league. It, it, it goes to show that no matter what, you know, they're the number one seed. They're the best team in the league. That's not going to phase them. They are still going to come out with this attitude, hey, we, you know what, make us the underdogs because that's just going to fire us up even more. If they're the favorites and they're coming out like this, Tampa Bay's got a problem. Yeah. Thank God Kansas City is not the underdogs because they would have a lot of mojo behind them, a lot of reason to absolutely obliterate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> now, that's their offense. Key thing. Now, we've talked about Tampa Bay's defense, and we'll get into it an even more detailed part of it later in this show, but let's hit on Kansas City's defense. This is probably, of the, of the four parts, you, you know, you bring Tampa's offense and defense, Kansas City's offense and defense. Of those four, Kansas City's defense is the weak point, in my opinion. Both teams have great offenses. Tampa's got a good defense. So, here we go. Regular season, 358 yards allowed a game. That's 16th. They had 32 sacks, 19th. 22 takeaways, 8th. Obviously, Tyron Matthew plays a huge factor in that. And 236 passing yards allowed per game, 14th. I think the biggest factor here is you look at the passing yards. This is Tom Brady we're talking about here. This is Tom Brady. This is a man who can win his 7th Super Bowl. He is up there with the greatest, not only greatest quarterbacks of all time, but greatest football players of all time. Guys, what, what's going to be the key factor here in making sure that these 200, these 236 passing yards are not allowed and it's more of like 190? I think it all starts with Chris Jones. If Chris Jones can penetrate that extremely good offensive line for the Bucs um, with Jensen and Marpet and Wirfs, um, and not allow Tom Brady to throw the ball mm-hmm. in the pocket like he does so well. Yeah. If he can force Tom Brady to get out of the pocket, which he never does. Um, yeah. I think it'll be tough for for Tom Brady to get the ball to his to his threats downfield. That I agree with you 100%. I read somewhere that I think like during the this playoff push by the Bucs um, Every single game, like 30% or just over 30% of Brady's throws have been checked downs to his running backs. I mean, we've seen that throughout all his career, especially at New England. All those guys that just like step up. Because he had, you know, he had Sony Michelle. I mean, we could go even back. I mean, I started following sports around 2010. So we could even go back to that giant Super Bowl where it was Ben Jarvis Green Ellis was his guy. Exactly. And then it was uh, Sony Michelle. You had guys like James White. Edelman. uh, Pardon me? When Edelman. Step in at any yeah. position. <laughs> yeah, Edelman can do anything. Um, big guy, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, he was there for Super Bowl 49 and 51. Not Maurice Jones. No, it was... Um, the, 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 that super... I know who you're yep. talking about. Oh, it's going to bother me. Um, I don't know. Somebody can look can it someone, up. Folks, we're sorry we don't know. We should know this. It begins with an L, I think. Oh, LeGarrette Blount. That's, yep, yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. He always <laughs> that had. Dude guys, is a monster. He always had. Brady has always had good running backs he can allude to if his receivers aren't open. Because he's never had. He's had, he's had great receivers. He's had, you know, he's had Randy Moss a little bit. He's had Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, 
uh, the late Aaron Hernandez, dude, Robert Cow. I would argue none of those, other than Randy Moss and Gronk, none of those guys are going to be like a Hall of Fame. Exactly. What I'm saying there is, he's never had the most targets out there. He, yeah, he's never been a guy where it's like I got this guy. He's never had the Mahomes treatment. Let's put it that way. Sure. And now he is set up for a lot of success. It depends, kind of like what Mark was saying. It's Chris 7 Jones. o'clock. <laughs> it is 7 o'clock. It is Thank 7 you. o'clock, folks. Mark's phone always gives us a reminder that it's 7 o'clock. <laughs> um, Chris Jones, I think, is a, is a deal breaker. But at the same time, the reason why I think the sacks are a lot lower than what they had last year is um, that other Frank Clark, right, on yep. the Chiefs, he was not a non-factor this season but he took a big step back than what he has been and i think he is one of the difference makers as well because if we if they see numbers from that guy if he steps up that could add additional pressure you know where chris jones could you know find some more success in russian elsewhere so i think that's a that's another key key player to watch right there for the defense that's who they signed for in place of D Ford, wasn't it? I know, yeah. And yeah. it looked like a good signing, too. Because he, he was good the past yeah. few years, but this year his numbers dropped. I feel like even even if the Chiefs try to come at Tom Brady and mess him up a little bit in the first quarter, first half, whatever, he's going to be in that mindset that he's going to fix whatever goes wrong, and he's going to find those holes in the defense to win the ball game. Absolutely. Yeah, Brady will grind it out whatever it takes. Um as again for the Chiefs' defensive stats, uh, once again, just like their offense, they have improved in each of the four things that I mentioned previously. Uh, yards allowed per game, uh, they allowed uh, 23 less yards. Okay, so that's fifth in the postseason teams. They were tied uh, second for sacks with five in the playoffs, an improvement you know, from t- only 22 in the uh, regular season. Uh, not not even so much the numbers because it's they've only played two games, but it's where they rank among the others that I think really plays a factor. Uh-huh. Ninth in takeaways, they've only had two. That you have to improve off if you really really want a chance to win the Super Bowl. Granted, it is hard to pick Tom Brady off. Not an easy thing to do, especially since he has the weapons. However, who knows? You know, we've talked about their defensive linemen, their linebackers, especially the Honey Badger back there. Yeah, we haven't talked about him yet. It's a little unpredictable. And 215 passing yards allowed. That's sixth of the 14 teams. So, again, upper, you know, it's in that mid-range, but yet it is in the upper 50%. Obviously, like we said, out of the four, uh, out of Kansas City's offensive defense, of Tampa's offensive defense, Chiefs defense is the weakest link of those four. It'll be interesting to see the fight they put up against these guys, but again, we'll go a little, we'll dive a little deeper into their offense, unless uh, someone has anything to mention about the defense. The fact that we haven't mentioned Tieran Matthew yet yeah. bothers me. Yeah. Because his ability to blitz, as well as Chris Jones and Frank Clark and Okafor and those guys, mm-hmm. will also be a huge factor. No, yeah. Um. Because him coming up off the edge unblocked could really change the outcome of this game, I think. Oh, he's one of the best tacklers yeah. in the entire league. And he, yeah, he's not afraid to hit the bigger guy. No, absolutely not. I, when I watch the Chiefs play, I specifically watch this guy because the way he plays just baffles me. Dude, that's a former uh, Bruce Arians coach player right there. Yep. Rematch. Or uh, we could see each other again. Okay, yeah, no, Tyron Matthew. Definitely, I think, a lot, you know, a lot of good names on the Chiefs defense, but he's going to be the guy. If nothing's really happening in the Buccaneers' backfield, I'm going to be watching him. Every throw that goes up, my eyes are going to go to Tyron Matthew because it could be a pick, it could be a huge hit, or a fumble recovery. So, the key play, obviously, Kansas City's strong point is the offense. Patrick Mahomes, what a guy. Let's just start with that. A regular season, he throws 66% of his passes complete <clears throat> through about, f- about 600 passes. Uh, he went 38-6, and six, 38 touchdowns, 6 picks, and he threw for about 4,700 yards. It's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Yeah. His postseason <clears throat> stats, he threw about 
uh, completed passes off of 68 attempts. He went 4-0. You know, four tutties, no picks, <coughs> and he threw 580 yards. He almost threw 1,000 yards in two games. Yeah. I mean, he was halfway there within two games. Think about that. That's unbelievable. Um, definitely going to be a game changer there. We're, obviously, you know, we talk about Kelsey and Hill are going to be his weapons. But let's just hypothetically say Kelsey is not open. And let's hypothetically say that maybe this doesn't happen. Say Hill isn't open. Where's he looking? What's his third option? Well, well Sammy Watkins is going to be in this game. Mm-hmm. He's back. Um, everyone always talks about, like, the fantasy football guys. When you're looking to pick up a wide receiver, oh, when is, when's the Sammy Watkins game going to be? Like, when is, when is it going to be Sammy Watkins game? That's true. And this game probably has a big possibility of that happening. I agree. Um. With all the time to prepare, they're going to be so focused on Kelsey and Hill and those guys. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And one guy I wanted to touch on, or actually, you know what, a couple guys will give a little bit of attention to, uh, and then I'll allude to some Hill and Kelsey statistics that will just blow you away. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie out of LSU, was part of that Joe Burrow team that won the national championship. Pretty good season for him, almost a thousand yard rushing season. He uh, ran for 800 yards, basically 181 attempts, four touchdowns. In the postseason, though, he's been a huge disappointment. I even checked to make sure that he wasn't injured. Because, he did get injured. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, he was what was injured. the injury, Brennan? Um, I want to say it was like a rib, maybe. Uh, I can't remember. Clyde Edwards Elaire. Because oh, yeah, yeah. that one, uh, their backup took over a game. Darrell Williams took over their first game, I think. Um, and I want to say he split a lot of snaps the last game as well with them. And and that makes sense because you look at Darrell Williams' postseason stats, he's got twenty six attempts, hundred and thirty yards, a touchdown, mm-hmm. and he averages about five yards a carry, which is really good. Yes. Edwards Elaire, hopefully he's had a lot of time to heal, but I believe they didn't obviously they never really went to this they never really went to this duo in the regular season always it was always Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey if they can get the I think Edwards Hilaire is a very good guy to throw like a good running back to throw oh, yeah. and Williams is a very good power runner in my opinion if they get those two going with Hill and Kelsey I, I don't even know I th- <laughs> it's I do not think, good for the Bucks I do think a big key to whoever wins this game is whoever's going to get their run game going. Because, I mean, that's how you um, control the clock. You know, that's how you control the game. So I think out of both backfields, it's – I don't know. I would probably lean towards Tampa's running back duo with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Rojo, Mm -hmm. dude. Those guys are monsters. But um, by no means – I don't know if – is Le'Veon back? Does anyone know? I know he's he's been banged he up is, a little bit. He should yeah. be. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah, Mark and I. I yeah. was I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the battle of the forgotten Steelers. <laughs> Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Both in the Super Bowl, not on the Steelers. Yep. So funny. yeah, I, I do believe he is back. So that that's another guy coming out of the backfield that is can also catch. So just adds to the resume. Yeah. Exactly. If on either team, I guess, if either team's defense can stop the vertical game and just keep it inside the, the linebackers and stop the run a little bit, you think that's who's going to win? Oh, my gosh. If the Buccaneers were able to do that, I think they would win by landslide. Just keep the short. Yeah, the short because yeah. Bucks' run defense is pretty good. It is, yes. And, you know, on – when you look at their offense, their O line's good. Got two guys that can, you know, trade off carries. But let's be real here, they probably won't be able to slow down their offense too much when it comes to Tyreek Hill and That's why I'm nervous for them to blitz. Because every time you watch the Chiefs, you see that little limp post route that Kelsey and Hill run across the field. Yeah. That 
they will do that. They'll dump it right in that open spot where the line linebackers are blitzing from. Yep. Um, and then just a couple quick things I think we'd like to throw out there just for the amazement and then we'll get to a quick commercial break. Uh, Tyree Kill, let's just throw this out there. 15 touchdowns. Uh, he caught, he had, uh, 1,276 yards this season. Kelsey had 1,416 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, Hill averaged about 14 yards a catch. Same with Kelsey. Wow. <laughs> Did Kelsey yeah. lead the league in receiving yards or was he like top two or something? For tight ends or no, for general. literally he was, in general. He was leading for a long time. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. I think he was like for wide receivers and tight ends. I want to say like he might have been the leader. Yeah. Maybe Stefan Diggs was, but it it was close. Yeah. We have uh, we're fact checking it right now. It's it's definitely between I would say Kelsey. Oh, he was wow. too. He was too. Stephon, Stephon Diggs had. Uh, 1,535, and wow. Kelsey was about 100 yards behind him. That is crazy. A tight end. Yeah. That is just How many wild, yards dude. did Hill? Hill was at 1,200. Yeah, he had 1,000. So they had two, like, 1,250-yard receivers on their team. The Which is At the beginning of the season, I think those two were, were leading it. Those oh, are some absolutely. numbers that I look at Madden 21 and I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah, that was a good season. Exactly. Those are actually like Madden numbers. Yeah. Like, I'm not even kidding. It's ridiculous. Now, you know, we got to give the opposition the uh, fair same treatment. So we're going to go south to Florida. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 11-5. and five, uh, Scored 492 points this year. That led the division. Third in the league. <clears throat> Uh, allowed 355 points. That's second in their division, only behind the Saints, and eighth in the league. Point differential was about 137, which was third, only behind Buffalo and Green Bay. So that's actually better than than Kansas City. Oh, wow. That's, you know, that's the initial stuff. That's their record, point differential, what, what they're doing on a daily basis when they're playing. Mm-hmm. What, what's your initial thoughts there? Uh, I would just say, well, when you're looking at this Tampa Bay team in the beginning of the season, um, I was mentioning this earlier, they came off to kind of a slow start. I mean, they were incredibly hyped up in the offseason. Obviously, Tom Brady moving from the New England Patriots is a big, that's a big story. So I think everyone was had their eyes on the Bucks, and it kind of took a second for him to probably accommodate to, you know, playing somewhere that's not cold all year, mm-hmm. um, playing with a new team, just getting used to how each other, how they all play with each other. Um, but, I mean, they lost to the Bears, so, I mean. Hey, uh, bear so, down uh, for all those fans. I had to mention bear that down. out there. So, any team that's, uh, I'll be that guy. Any team that loses to the Bears is, you know, they're not the best team. They did so, beat the Broncos. Yeah, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so what my point is is they they started off slow, but I think towards the end of the season they were on a hot streak. I think they're on like a eight game win streak right now heading into uh Super Bowl, so it'll be interesting. I mean, the Chiefs are on like a 27 and 2 run right now, so it's safe to say both teams are hot. Um I read somewhere that Patrick Mahomes is about to he's in his second Super Bowl before he even hits 10 losses in his career when he starts <laughs> and he's not even 26 I don't yeah, think yeah no he's 25 years old so that was a depressing stat to read for somebody who is the same age <laughs> almost the same age and, and has a quarterback and who's a fan of the team that didn't pick him yeah exactly not so much mad about that more Deshaun Watson but when you're a Bears fan you don't get a lot of things you want like a good kicker from two years ago when you had the best defense that ever lived exactly. but that's okay that's okay <laughs> um, I think do we think home field advantage is gonna be something to look at here it's gotta it has it's gotta to be. be it's the first team in NFL history to yeah. host a Super Bowl I was I was thinking about it and the fact that there's no fans well there's going to be fans right they're flying in like it's vaccinated Florida. it's Florida man they're flying in vaccinated <laughs> healthcare workers oh, wow. which is incredible I think it's amazing that's, that's sick but the year that we finally have a home field advantage <laughs> in the Super Bowl 
it's not going to be full. The stadium will be full. So I guess it almost doesn't really count. But yeah, like I if, think I think they feel like Florida does allow some attendance though. Like from yeah, other yeah, they do. Florida and Texas are two of the states that I would personally say give a lot of leeway when it comes to allowing attendance. Yeah, yeah. so but it still is pretty crazy first time in history it even happening. So because they they decided they decide the uh, stadiums like Super Bowl stadiums before the season starts, right? Oh, yeah. years in advance. They already have oh, like the next three really? Super Bowls planned. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. That's crazy how it lines up. Of course, Tom Brady is here with the Bucks in Tampa. So, <laughs> do you think that was uh, on purpose? <laughs> on purpose? Conspiracy <laughs> theories with Garage Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl Gate. <laughs> I don't know. You Tom can... Brady does cheat. <laughs> Whoa. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm Maybe. Maybe. Hey, Tom Brady, if you hear this, that was not me. That is Mark Fisher. He lives in Nebraska. <laughs> um, no, I love Tom. So, obviously, a lot of we could get a lot of fun out of what Tampa Bay is doing. They bring – there's so much to watch with them on you know either side of the ball. We'll dive into their offense. Regular season, they're scoring about 300, or sorry, they are averaging about 384 yards a game, seventh, 289 passing yards per game, second, 95 rushing yards, that's 28th, and that's worse than the Bears, so you know that's not good, mm-hmm. and about 299 <clears throat> receiving yards per game, fourth. A lot of this, the only thing that I'm a little surprised about is rush, rush yards, mm-hmm. because Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, they seemed, at least to me, like they had a very good duo going that they were getting, you know, a little over 100 yards a game. But, you know, I'm actually a little surprised about that. So, here's the thing. The passing yards, we kind of, we, we knew that was going to happen. This is Tom Brady we're talking about. It's surprising, though. I think everyone would admit that it's pretty surprising that Brady came in and averaged the second most passing yards per game in the league. Because of his age. Because of his age, new team, you never know. Um, congratulations to Josh's high school basketball team. He is constantly looking, updating his phone. But, go um, Dons, Niles, Illinois, up 44-22 right now. Go Dons. There That's we go. Good. Hopefully uh, the Tampa Bay gets that uh, type of numbers up against the Chiefs offense. But Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. But, uh, no, I think uh, it – would you guys agree, like, that you wouldn't have thought Tom Brady would be the second passer in the league in yards? I would have. I, I think so. I would have put him at the beginning of the season, probably between seven and ten. I I would agree. I would just say top be, ten. Just for sure. because of the weapons that he had. Definitely. We also didn't know what Scotty Miller was going to do. Scotty Miller, dark horse. Yes, he's a fast um, fast guy. Also, with. Rob Gronkowski's age. Yeah. We didn't think they had a very slow start. Mm-hmm. Like, I was surprised that out of anyone on the team, Tom and Rob did not have the connection that they had in um, Foxborough. But as the season progressed, that connection got e- tremendously better, mm-hmm. as we can see. And Tom Brady's sitting right there at number two. Maybe 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 Gronk was just partying and Brady's. True, because he was actually retired, wasn't he? For like a season at least. I don't know. Two seasons. And and the thing is with Gronk is he this is also the guy that did his workouts in one day, put different clothes on to get out and doing workouts. That is the most Rob Gronkowski thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And he just no doubt has just horrible CTE. Yeah. Like just no doubt in my mind. But uh no, I, I agree with that. They got off to a slow start for sure. But uh, Gronk, Gronk is Gronk, and he can, you know, that catch any fade to the corner ever. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see that. So, obviously, like we said, you know, the passing game, it kind of sh- – you guys say it shocked, it, it shocked you guys. Mm-hmm. Looking at it now, it's not shock, It's not surprising to me. But honestly, if we're talking pop – sorry, pops <laughs> – Got to say my words. Top five in the league in terms of passing, your automatic thoughts go Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. 
And with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals, yeah. you could say Kyler Murray. Deshaun Watson. Maybe Dak Obviously, Prescott. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Josh Dak Prescott would have been number one. Yes. Yeah. He was having, what, three 500-yard games in a row really? before he got hurt? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Something like that. That's Something crazy. crazy, dude. I still feel bad. Maybe it was 400, but he had, a, he had a 500. Is he going to be able to come back? Yeah. I yeah. hope so. Dak to the Bears. <laughs> Dude, just put anybody on the... Do you need a pillow guys, for your that? dreams, buddy? Here, let's go out. Let's go to Chicago and we'll try out right now for the Bears. Uh, so shifting to the postseason, okay? The main thing here for me is I don't look for the numbers itself to improve because obviously Tampa's only played three games. I look for rankings. Uh, about 391 yards per game. That's fifth among the 14. 276 passing, which is sixth. This is what I like here, Okay. 115 rush yards per game. That is eighth out of the playoff teams. That is what I like to see here, okay? That is middle of the pack. Now, there's 32 teams in the league, so say we keep it at that even split. Okay, that's still 16th or 17th. That is still 11 ranks, 11, 12 ranks more than what they were in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously the receiving yards, 287 a game. That's just expected. Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Scotty Miller... Uh, I could go on and on. Mike Evans, exactly. Yeah. The the fact that they improved in the rankings like that really shows to me that they have a lot of momentum going into this game, especially especially beating Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that was big. Did you you see that that video of Mike Evans when uh, he was headed to the locker room and they were celebrating? He was like, yeah, we got to celebrate the Super Bowl. He's like, I've never done this before. <laughs> I didn't, but that's I awesome. That. That's I, so I awesome. Never done that before. That's he, so there's a video, or I don't know if it's a video, but Tom Brady, um, there's a couple guys like Devin White and a couple other defensive guys um, who were crying after they won the NFC. Really? And yeah. Tom Brady came up to him and said, what are you crying for? Like, We won. Why are you crying? <laughs> And he's like, we just, we just like won, we won our conference, and he's like, this isn't, this ain't even the biggest game. Yeah. Like, get up. Why Dude, are you crying? He's the goat. Yeah. Absolute goat. Literally, how can? It's hard to bet against that man. Yeah. But I think the Chiefs are the one team that can give him a challenge, but. I can't wait to watch, dude. That fires me up hearing that. Yeah, it does. It I does. Just turn it kind of does right for now. me too. I just want to turn on the game right now. So shifting to the defense again, this is another strength of Tampa Bay that could possibly shift the game here. Regular season, they're allowing about 327 yards a game. That is sixth. Isn't that great? 48 sacks, tied for fourth. 25 takeaways, sixth, and 246 passing yards allowed, 21st. Overall. It seems like a very good defense, but with the passing game, that's where there's a little bit of a problem here, and that is the one area you cannot lack in against the Chiefs. So after hearing those numbers, guys, personally for me, Tyron Matthews going to have to take charge this game. For the Chiefs? Defense. For defense? I guess that's what he's saying. Wait. Nope. I am very sorry. I mixed up my players. I meant the back end for... Um, Tampa Bay. There's Winfield. What? Winfield and Whitehead. Winfield will have to step up for sure, and I think he's capable of doing so. He is a rookie. He's a he's he was there in the sec. He they got him in the second round, didn't they? Yeah. I want to say. I think so. Which is insane. If you probably look back at the draft class right now, you're like, wow, how was this guy drafted before him? But that's been an incredible value pick for them so far. He's doing what his dad did. Exactly. So I mean, you have him. In the secondary, I think it's fair to say that their linebacking core is one of the best in the league. Oh, yeah. Uh, Devin White, Levante David, Nebraska alum. Um, who else we got here? Shaq Barrett, dude. Yep. Beasts, underrated. Pierre Paul coming off the edge. Exactly. Carlton Davis at cornerback. Dude, they, they're stacked. You got Sue down there, too. You got Sue on the D-line. Sue. Mm-hmm. And Khalil Davis. 
Just We're just case. wrapping the big red. <laughs> just just in case. Red. Just let's, in case. Let's go. The big you red. Khalil Davis. Yeah. Well represented here with chance to we, bring rings. We had home. like a ten year, ten year streak of people being in the Super Bowl until like. Last yeah, year. last year it was broken, which is very unfortunate. Hey, if you're a recruit, listen up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Eye on our defense. A lot of bright spots here for Tampa Bay, but you know, stopping you know Patrick Mahomes' passing game. That's the key thing here. So, shifted to some postseason stuff. Again, ranging in that six and up range, usually top 10 when it comes to their defense. Sixth in passing yards. This is all postseason, by the way. Sixth in passing yards allowed. First in sacks, ninth in takeaways, and 10th in passing yards allowed. Looking at it, it's basically what they did in the regular season. Yeah, they're consistent, right? <laughs> that's the important thing, is yeah. that they're playing to what they were in the regular season, which was enough to get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you know, go by the best teams, New Orleans and Green Bay. Now, yeah. Even football team. Football team's a tough team to get past. That's a top-tier defense in the league. Yeah. Well, I saw somewhere it was like the they're the highest-scoring team in NFL history of scoring road games in the playoffs because they've only played road games Mm -hmm. because against the football team, uh, they were like number, they were the four uh, seed, I think, in the NFC, which is crazy because they won their division. So Tampa had to go in there and play them in their home field. And they scored uh, 30-plus points in every single game, which is the first time that's ever happened. I'm wondering if Todd Bowles is going to switch something up. Dude, I think he. What do you mean, like for the game or like his in his career? His scheme. His for the scheme. Game. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. He's such a beast. Because dude. they were so consistent in the regular season and the three games that they played in the playoffs. And that they're expecting. Yeah. You know, Kansas City is probably already prep. You know, prepping for what Hill's going to do to beat these guys. Because usually the best way to cover Tyreek Hill, if I'm correct, and if it sometimes works. Double coverage is usually the way to go. Yeah, you got to shadow him. And Kelsey, you got to put a lot of guys on too. I think uh, Todd Bowles came out and said the first time they, they played each other because Hill just absolutely torched their defense. Mm-hmm. I think he came out and said and was like, I didn't do a good enough job of prepping for Tyreek Hill. So mm-hmm. I'm sure as a head coach, that is like one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. But um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he switches up what he ran. Yeah, if I was time. if I was Todd Bowles, I would say if the Chiefs are gonna beat us, it's not gonna be because of Tyreek Hill. And it sucks because you double team Tyreek Hill, you double team Travis Kelsey, you got me Cole Hardman who can run like just a step behind Tyreek Hill. You and got Watkins is Watkins quick. is quicker than he's ever been. But personally, if the Chiefs were to beat me. I would want Travis Kelsey to beat me. Yeah. Yeah. Or Sammy Watkins. No, yeah. You exactly. don't. You don't want to get burned by the fast guy because that's how you just. That's what everyone expects. Keep up with that. Yeah. Definitely. Agreed. Totally agreed. Uh, I I am so excited for this. I really. Oh, am. I can't wait. Well, we'll throw some of these key. What the key guys are going to do on the offense for Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. Throwing 65% completed passes this year on 610 attempts. He went 40 and 12, 40 tutties and 12 picks. And threw for 4,600 yards. Uh, went 55% of the postseason, 7-3, 860 yards. Those are consistent numbers. That's what he's always doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City's defense should know what's coming at them. Thing is, even knowing, even knowing what's coming... Will they be able to stop it? And that's just something we got to wait and see because we've reflected on it. We've mentioned it. We have studied this. And the thing is, Tom Brady can still do his same old thing, and it's not enough in the end. Uh, Ronald Jones, their main running back to go to, almost had a 1,000-yard season with seven touchdowns, 192 uh, carries. Postseason, not the best. Uh, 23 attempts, 78 yards, no touchdowns. He didn't play one game either. And also yeah. we have Fournette, who I think has stepped up a little bit. He has. Um, he's been a beast in the postseason. Yeah. So I think they have two guys right there that you know you can kind of go to whenever mm-hmm. in case one's getting tired. But um, 
yeah, they're actually, I lost my train of thought. So you continue what you were saying. <laughs> and, uh, we were going to shift to the best red zone receiver in all of football, Mike Evans. Yeah. Thousand yard uh, season, 109 targets, 70 receptions, 13 touchdowns, and he's averaging about 14 yards a catch. And that's, that goes the same for Kelsey and Hill. It's basically throw it to him, it's going to be first down. Yeah. Imagine that, and you have Tom Brady. It's going to be the same for either defense. You stop the long ball, you should be okay. Exactly. I know what I was going to ask you guys. So we talked a lot about trying to stop the Chiefs' offense. Where do you go if you're the Chiefs trying to stop the Bucks offense? First of all, red zone. It, I think you double cover. You have to double cover Jamal Evans because yeah, you know the ball's going. You, have, you got Gronk that can do the yeah. same thing. Yeah. And then you have to put him in the. The thing is, I think once you get in the red zone, the Bucks are most likely going to score because the Chiefs also have a very bad red zone defense. At least for the majority of the season, they've kind of stepped it up. I think exactly in the postseason, but. Yeah, if you get to the red zone, um, especially like this Bucks offense, I think they are capable of scoring. Yeah, it's just it comes down to they have so many weapons. Now, for example, if the Chiefs are in the red zone, okay, you double coverage Hill, you double coverage Kelsey, then it's mm-hmm. like okay, we we have a chance here. But with the very Bucks, true. It's, it's Godwin, it's Evans, it's Gronk, it's Scotty Miller, guys, yeah. you got Jones and Fournette. It's unbelievable. And well, I the thing is, mm-hmm. with the Chiefs, you can let them run up and down the field all day long. Just don't let them score. <laughs> and once they get to the red zone, I don't know if you want to look this up, but the Chiefs in the red zone... Weren't that I'm gonna bring out a specific game mm-hmm. against the Broncos because okay. I'm a I'm a pretty big Broncos fan if you guys haven't figured that out already, but I'm pretty sure the score of that game was like 19 to 13 or something like that, super low scoring, and the yardage for the Chiefs was through the roof, but their red zone scoring was not through the roof, mm-hmm. and. Vic Fangio did a really good job of once the Chiefs get to the red zone, they don't get past that point. They don't get into the end zone. So you're right, and I was pretty right too. The worst team this year in allowing the opponent red zone scoring was Kansas City Chiefs. They allowed 74% of red zone drives to end in a score. The number one team. The Denver Broncos, about 47% <laughs> yeah. of red zone drives to score. So That's, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. So, if the Bucks can keep the Chiefs out of the end zone, yeah. they're going to run away with this game. Yeah, I think I said this last week, too. Their kicker hasn't been strong in the playoffs. Yeah. Butker. He is a great kicker, but every time I watch the Chiefs, he he misses for yeah. some reason. When Same with there. Justin Tucker. Every time I watch Justin Tucker, he misses for it, some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, being a Bears fan, you know, kickers don't work out for you that often. Yeah, and it hurts. back to the Bucks. No one really cares about the Bears. Really? <laughs> I'm kidding. Really? But I think same with the Chiefs. It comes down to the Bucks' defensive line in the red zone. Yeah. That's the biggest factor, I think. I agree. And double covering Tyreek, double covering Travis Kelsey with your young but very skilled secondary mm-hmm. in the red zone, it comes down to the defensive line getting pressure. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, you hit Mahomes a couple times, rough him up, he's going to get a little agitated. Mm-hmm. And then Hill and Kelsey not getting the ball, then they're gonna get be you know like you're you're the MVP, you know, you're a possible MVP. Why aren't you giving us the ball? And it's just gonna be a domino effect from there. And that's the Buccaneers are gonna have to win this game mentally as well. Mm-hmm. We need Nadamakan Sue to just crash into. I want him to throw Mahomes like he threw Cole McCoy in 09. I <laughs> <laughs> would just make my night. That'll get in Mahomes' head. He, yeah, the rest of the game, that's all he's thinking about. He's exactly. just eyeing him. Well, with that, let's do predictions here. Braden? I'll stick with mine from last week. I still got Tampa Bay winning it. Score? 
Oh. What the uh, over is set at right now is like fifty six and a half. Hmm. That. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So I, I'd say a thirty one twenty seven game. Both win. Who's your Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, I go Tom Brady. It's going. If I just had to ask. <laughs> it's going to be either of the quarterbacks. It's yeah. such a media. Ronald drama. Jones. <laughs> that would win you a lot of money. Mark. I'm gonna take the Bucks. Obviously, you can't bet against Tom Brady. I never will, as long <laughs> as he's in the league. Um, I'm gonna take the Bucks. Thirty-four to twenty-eight. All right. Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> Check that. I'm gonna keep with my statement that the Bucks are gonna hold in the red zone. And I'm gonna give the Bucks 34 to 24. Wow. Okay, all right. Wow. 10 point win by Brady. Wow. And I'm guessing he's your Super Bowl MVP. I don't know. Oh, I he's think. Be. I think. Even if he's he gotta be. He's again. gotta be. <laughs> he's gotta be the MVP because, like you said, it's so media driven. Yeah, but who I want to see win MVP is someone on the defense. I want to. I want to see Shaq Barrett a pick and a fumble recovery from Levante David throwing the bones left and right and holding up the MVP trophy at the end of the game. Wow. Quick cool. trivia question: Who's the last defensive player to win Super Bowl MVP? Von Miller. Yes, sir. Von Miller. <laughs> there he is. And before there that, a little Broncos talk for you. Anyone, yes, sir. What, uh, how about before that? Anyone know? Uh, do you what, do you know the year? What yes. was the team? I know the team and the What's year. What's the team? Seahawks. Was it Bobby Wagner? Nope. Oh, it was. Uh, oh, was it? No, that sure. Mm-hmm. Nope. Who was that other dude? Cam Chancellor. Mm-mm. Oh, it wasn't. Really? Was nah, it a Legion of Boom guy? You're just gonna have to say it. Earl Malcolm Smith. Oh, uh, that was that's a lineman. That was the Patriots guy. Malcolm Butler. Oh, that's yeah, that's who it was. No, Malcolm's Malcolm Smith for Malcolm uh, Butler. Seahawks stuff. Butler's oh, okay. the one that Butler's picked. No, but off. he was he is still Brady for he, Super Bowl. I, mean, I know that's exactly. Thing. That's exactly why. Like, no matter what happens in this game, Brady, like, if they win, Brady will probably be the MVP. It's like you make the game-winning interception, but you don't get the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I, think, I think that was his first interception. Probably was. There's a whole like mini documentary about it too. All right. Well, I'm gonna go against the last two guys, even though we have talked up the Bucks a lot, and it's hard to root against Brady or bet against them. But I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think they've just been so good this whole year. It's they like it seemed like they just haven't been trying up until now, (laughs) and. They've learned their lesson from last playoffs when you know they were had to come back a few times. They haven't like been behind at all. So I'm gonna go with a 38 to 28 Kansas City win. I'm gonna take Kansas City, and I I'm gonna stick with what I said last week. I think I said like. 45-42. I'll stick in that range. I think it's That's gonna be wild. I'm going to go high-scoring affair. And hear this. Patrick Mahomes will not get Super Bowl MVP. Who? Tyreek Hill will. Oh, so he's going to have another 200-yard quarter. <laughs> I, hey, who knows? Yeah. Um, well, thank you, everyone, who uh, will be tuning in to listen to this Garage Talk episode. It's been a lot of fun tonight. Um, I've been Josh Lill with Mark Fisher. Brennan? Yep. Brady Robinson, Brendan Merkel. Brendan Merkel, there we go. Bonus points right there. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to watch the Super Bowl and check us out next week. Uh, hopefully on uh, KRNU sometime. Uh, go Huskers. Go Big Red.